Welcome back to the She Does This podcast, where we have unfiltered conversations with real women on how they do it. Today, I'm joined by Hannah Amos, who some of you might recognize from her stint on the block in 2017 with her husband, Clint. We talk about how the show and the huge prize money changed their lives, how she then transitioned into the world of influencing, and why her and her husband decided to have a third baby almost a decade after the birth of their first child. We also chat about oversharing on socials and where she draws the line with her own children. So stay tuned. And as always, if you're loving what you're hearing, subscribe, rate, review, and stay tuned for next week's episode. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us on the She Does This podcast. First off, I've been asking everybody, how is ISO going? Do you know what? If I'm completely honest, I'm actually really not that bothered. I think naturally I'm a bit of a homebody anyway. So I'm just enjoying the fact that I don't have to come up with an excuse to just stay at home. And I'm just really, I've really enjoyed sort of like a slower pace of living for us. It's really put a lot into into perspective for um, Clint and I, and yeah, I'm I'm actually enjoying it to be honest. I think I will be in for a huge shock when I do eventually get back to work in July at this stage. But yeah, like to be honest, I, no no major complaints from me. Yeah, I think it's been so nice for families to just spend time together and for you to have nowhere to be. Yeah, we're really loving having Clint home. Actually, in the beginning. Uh, I wasn't sure how it would all go down, trying to balance the whole working from home thing for him. But, you know, we've set him we've set him up upstairs with a little home office and he can head up there when he needs to make his calls and whatnot. It's actually been really nice having him home and it's good for the kids as well. Like he's he's normally sort of like the Monday to Saturday sort of worker. Some even, evenings doesn't come home until late. So, yeah, I think he's actually really enjoying it too. So we have, yeah, we yeah. Really enjoyed him working working from home. I, I feel like it would most definitely have its moments for him, especially when he's trying to sort of conduct those serious work Zoom calls and he has three <laughs> children screaming at the top of their lungs downstairs. But yeah. I think everyone just expects it now. Like if, if you essentially if you're working from home and you're a parent, then you just need to expect that there's going to be a lot of background noise. Yeah. So I, I was reading up on you guys and I read that that you were an ex-hostess for Qantas um, and Clint was in property sales. So is he still property sales? Um, so I assume you got that from the blog webpage. Yeah, it's quite funny actually. I am an ex-air mm-hmm. hostess. Um, I started flying, um, gosh, been a while now. I started flying when I was 20. I'm now almost 35. So it's been a while, but I did take some time off flying when I had um, our older two children. And then I did go back, but it just wasn't working out just being sent Mm -hmm. away and being so far away from them. So I don't actually fly anymore. I gave up flying about six years ago, but I do work for Qantas and I work uh, on the ground in customer service. And Clint now actually works in, he was working in property sales at the time when we applied for the block. Uh, however, he's now moved on to hospitality sales. So he works for um, uh, an alcohol company down here in Victoria. And we've since sort of, since the block, he's, he's sort of moved on to a new industry, but I've stuck with aviation. I, I dare say that's probably where I'll eventually retire when that when that time comes. I guess you, the landscape of your job or, or how it's going to look for you when you return is going to be 
pretty different. It's so, well, it's so strange. I mean, essentially, I am on. I was on maternity leave. And I was due to return back to work in April. And then, of course, uh, everything uh, happened with COVID and uh, three quarters of the Qantas workforce were stood down, myself included. So there's no work for us at the minute. So I am still stood down. I don't have a return date. Uh, However, sort of taking a hazard guess, we're predicting around July, but I mean, that may or may not change. We're we're just in a bit of a limbo. But it's air travel certainly will change, and I think sadly it will be a while until we see those international uh, flights open back up. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so let's let's go back to the block. Um, you guys didn't have any real Renault experience, um, but you auditioned twice. That's right. We had no renovation experience whatsoever. We had built, we'd actually not long built our first house when we applied originally to be on the show. So back in 2016, still living in Townsville, uh, Clint had, he'd he'd probably been retired from football for a few years and uh, I was still with Qantas. And one night we were just sitting on the couch and we thought, wouldn't it be funny if we just sent in an audition video and I actually had a girlfriend over that night and after a few wines she said I'm coming to the house tomorrow and we're filming the audition video we thought yeah sure let's do it having not really thinking too seriously about it and sure enough she called us in the morning she's like okay I'm gonna be at your house at seven o'clock um I've got all my gear ready and we're gonna do like we're we're getting you on the block and we thought okay let's just have a bit of a crack and it was the most amateur application it was quite funny actually it was just it was just a lot of us just sitting at home and with the kids and us talking about Clint playing um, rugby league, myself in the aviation industry, um, a passion for styling and design. And we, we sent it in and we got a call back. Uh, it was, I remember it was like a Saturday afternoon and the casting director actually said, okay, we love you guys. Is there any way we... Um, can get you on to do a video interview. We thought, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And then he calls us back again a few minutes later. He's like, don't suppose you can make your way down to Brisbane tomorrow. You're in the airlines. Like how hard could it be? And I thought, you know what, let's just do it. Uh, fortunately, staff travel. I have the, the leisure of that. So we booked, my husband and I booked a flight. We met the casting director in the Qantas Lounge in Brisbane. And we did a video interview and it went really, really well. And we sort of bounced back and forth, had a bit of banter. And a week later, he called and said, love you guys, love the energy. However, um, we just don't feel the dynamics are right with the rest of the um, contestants. And you'll learn pretty quickly, it's all about dynamics on that TV show. It really... Uh, I, I feel like they, they, they have a, they have an idea of how they want things to plan out. Uh, it, it all naturally does plan out, but I feel like they have an idea. And um, so, yeah, unfortunately we didn't get on. I was pretty bummed. It, it is what it is. Moved on. Fast forward 12 months later, we had just moved to Melbourne, Clint um, with his new job, and I transferred with Qantas. And we get a phone call out of the blue saying, you know, how are you guys? Where are you at? What are you up to? Looking for a Queensland couple. We thought, well, we're not really in Queensland anymore, but 
we are essentially, we'll, we are Queenslanders. And I dare say we'll probably end up back there one day anyway. And he said, I need, a, I need an answer. Do you, are you guys in? I need to know by the, by the end of the day if you want to be on the show. It's yours. We, need, we want a Queensland couple. We think you guys are great. Are you in? So we didn't actually reapply. We, um, we, uh, he'd, he'd obviously gone back through previous contestants and thought we really fit in with the rest of the group. And we made a few phone calls to our parents. Everyone was on board. And the next day we were on a flight back up to Townsville filming a backstory of our life in Townsville and four days later we were on site on the block cameras rolling so it was crazy it happened so quickly I didn't even have time we didn't even have time really to process what was going on it was like okay yeah sure we'll do it and fast forward four days we are rolling on film on site it was crazy I mean it's it's known for for being a really challenging show mentally physically um what was your experience like all the above definitely mentally challenging and physically challenging but also extremely rewarding I feel like for Clint and myself who had never done any renovating uh we really just we learned pretty quickly that we were the underdogs certainly in our series uh we had some really talented builders uh running in georgia that that's that's what they do they they renovate houses for a living and they can and and like her style is just crazy crazy good um and then the boys obviously they had their trades as well so we knew we learned pretty quickly that um we were really going to have to work our backsides off Mm -hmm. like this was not going to be handed to us um we didn't have that that skill we just had the drive and we had the determination and, um, yeah, we'd been obviously picked for a reason. So we had to remind ourselves of that as well. Yeah. And, yeah, we just kind of just got stuck into it. So you obviously didn't get any time to research because it seems when you watch the show that the contestants have researched what they want, they've got an idea of what they want to do. Well, ours was just learn as you go. Honestly, that's just how it was. I mean, our only research was watching previous series and watching how it sort of rolled out on TV, which is slightly different to how it actually really goes on. Uh, So we were just, we pretty much just learned as we went along. And, you know, fortunately for us, there a lot of the, uh, most of the contestants were really forthcoming with offering advice and our builders as well, they were just amazing. Jimmy and Chris were like brothers to me on that show. I just can't even tell you the, mm. how how um, grateful I am that we we picked those boys and we stuck with them and they carried us all the way through because they were amazing. So, yeah, it was pretty much just learn as you go on the job training for us. How much support did you get from production in terms of sourcing builders and like, do they sort of give you a, a, a list of? They give you absolutely zilch. That, that, that's that's sort of part of the show, I guess, the whole planning, um, which adds to the stress of it all. So we um, we knew a builder in Melbourne. It was actually uh, Clint's sister's friend's husband. So he um, he is a commercial builder. However, he said, I've got a really, a really good team that I think would really, really work well with you guys. And 
So from finding out we were on the show, we got in contact with with those boys at Project One and they put us on to Jimmy. And fortunately for us, he's a local Melbourne builder. He had contacts as well. So we were really lucky in that respect where he also helped source tilers, plasterers, yeah, plumbers, all, all of the other trades. But we, essentially we had to find all of, um, yeah, we had to find all of our own builders. Yeah. So you walked away with $95,000, which, I mean, the, the show, as a viewer, you watch the show and you just think, oh, my God, the, the money that these people walk away with is just incredible. Mm. How does that sort of a figure change your life? Oh, I mean, it's huge for us. Um, look, I think you, you definitely go into it hoping that you're going to win some money. Yeah. That's that's essentially the, the, the end game. So anything above reserve for us at that point uh we knew that we probably pretty early on as soon as we got our reserves we knew that we mightn't be as successful prize money wise as other previous contestants so we just sort of accepted the fact that if we can get over that reserve then this will be all worth it all of these these 12 weeks of blood sweat and tears away from our families away from our kids if we can make something then that's um that would that would that would be amazing. And fortunately, as I said, ninety five thousand dollars for twelve weeks' work. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah, it helped. We haven't actually touched much of it, to be honest. We've it's still sitting in a bank account, and we took ourselves on a little holiday after the show, just a family, very much needed family holiday. But we've, um, yeah, we haven't really touched much of it. But um, yeah, we, we look. We at the end of the day, we made some cash and. It's certainly like to be completely honest. It, it's it's hard to watch other contestants make more money in the following series, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. And if you can walk away from it with something, then that's all you can hope for. And it's 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 opened up so many other possibilities. And yeah, amazing contact since since we finished on the show. So we're also really grateful for that as well. Just before we go on to talk about what sort of doors the block has opened for you, mm. what are your predictions this year? Obviously, the block is is airing soon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a great time to be selling a house. Do you have any predictions for the current contestants of what they might do? Or because I that's the thing that's that's the crazy part about the show you just never know how it's going to go you can be selling in a property boom as we were and we um didn't fare as well as as other series did i don't know much about the build this year but i do know that they're doing very similar to our series so it's houses they're restoring um period homes so i don't know it'll be really interesting i know that they had a i think like a four or six week break in filming they all were sent back to their hometowns when the COVID hit and they were unable to obviously go on with filming. And I wonder how that sort of affected their psyche as well because yeah. when you're on the show, you just, it, it, you're just you in like this block bubble where the outside world is just, it's like it doesn't even exist. It's, it's so hard to explain that to people. It's just like you almost don't have a life outside of the block. And they went home and they checked out for a while and then they came back. So I don't know if that's a, I, I, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. But Yeah, well, I guess it could be a nice refresher or it could completely take your head out of it. Yeah, it could really throw you off your game because I feel like once you sort of get into those first few weeks of, okay, this is how this is going to 
to continue on for the next 10 weeks or however long, um, you kind of, you just, you, it's like you flick this mental switch in your head where nothing else matters. So I don't know. I don't know how, to, how it will go, but yeah, it's always interesting. And I'll, and as I do every year, we'll, we'll pour a big glass of red wine and we'll sit on the couch and I'll individually message all of the, um, all of the teams and I'll wish them luck. Yeah, yeah it, it's like a little block alumni almost. It's like a, it's like a family. We, we all share this crazy experience with each other and yeah. whether or not we've actually met in person, we all sort of message message each other a lot um, on, on our socials. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting one this year, but I'm definitely looking forward to tuning in on auction night and seeing how it all goes down. Mm, it'll be very interesting, that's for sure. How do you feel about how you were portrayed? I mean, you and Clint came across as a really lovely down-to-earth couple, but some people who maybe aren't portrayed in such a wonderful light often blame it on editing. So how do you feel about that? Is it what you see is what you get, or do you feel like it was quite heavily edited? I feel like um, definitely what you see is what you get, first and foremost. But editing does play a role, essentially, um, they want to create the drama because that's what sucks people in. I think that's what a lot of people, whether they like to admit it or not, watch yeah. the block. They're not really watching for the renovations. There might be a small minority of people, but I think overall people are just invested in the politics and the drama and everything that goes on, whether they like to admit it or not. So I feel like, um, look, at the end of the day, um, if you're going to come on and say nasty, horrible things about people, then they're going to use that. And you kind of have to live with that. And, and I know in the heat of the moment, we all do and say things. I mean, I for sure know that I would have acted up and said things in the heat of the moment that I probably, or I definitely wouldn't normally say. But You're in a pressure cooker. Yeah, but you just, yeah, you are. You are in a pressure cooker and fatigue has a lot to do with it as well and stress. But I feel like at the end of the day, you've got to own it. And if you're going to be you know, a bit of a nasty pasty, it'll probably come back and bite you in the ass. So Clint and I, we sort of, we stayed away from a lot of the drama on the show. A lot of the times, um, I wouldn't say sucked in because we don't get sucked in. We we put ourselves in those positions where we said and did things um, to sort of get, th- get through that week. But yeah, they can only edit so much. Um, and, I, and I know a lot of people sort of cry poor over that and say that they were really poorly edited. But um, you kind of when you when you're signing up for certain, and I know the block's different to other series, like say maths, for example. You know that's obviously a totally different ball game. But you know when you when you're signing up and you're and you're applying to be on these shows, you need to expect that they're going to use the juicy parts before they use anything else. Definitely. <laughs> um, so now let's talk about what what career opportunities did the block open up for you? Because mm. obviously it's a great platform. It can be, yeah. So we our backgrounds were building and interiors and designing, and, and and a lot of contestants have gone on to be highly highly successful in in those industries. But I feel like they're all sort of predispositioned in that uh, career to begin with. So for us. It's been, um, we've collaborated with a art retailer. They're called Artist Lane. They're located here in Melbourne. And we're working with five female artists for our latest collection. And we've released uh, two art collections now, which I'm really, really proud of. This is actually one behind me here. It's beautiful. Yeah, Fancy Blur. She's just 
uh, she's so talented. So it's opened up pathways for us in that industry. Um, we're actually we're looking at releasing our third collection off the uh, running off two really successful collections. So um, that's one that I'm actually really really proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also been really great just in terms of social media for us. Um, we've worked with some really amazing huge global brands. Um, myself and Clint included, that's been really a real eye-opener for us as well, just collaborating with businesses and working with businesses as well. And it's it's been – Instagram's been great for me as like a – almost like a creative outlet, I suppose. We haven't done any renovating since the show. Mm-hmm. Hopefully maybe this year we might see that might possibly change. We'll just see how things pan out on that front. But yeah, Instagram's been great. Yeah. It's just, as I yeah. said, it's been really great to just use that as a as an outlet. And I've met some amazing people, and I've and we've been invited along to some really amazing events here in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And it just continues to grow. Really, like uh, it's funny. Like each as each sort of year goes on, you think, ah, oh, you know, I wonder how long we'll be able to ride this whole thing out. But uh, I still have the opportunity to work with some really amazing brands and, yeah, so it's... What are some of your favourite collaborations that you've worked on? Oh, well, as I said, Artist Lane, clearly working with those female artists, that's been a real passion uh, of mine and really working hard with those artists and getting some really beautiful collections together. So I really thoroughly uh, enjoyed that. Um, working with some amazing designers as well. So there's a local um, retail store here, Grace and Willow, and I, and I do a lot of work for them as well. Um, that's been pretty cool. Um, some of the, you know, we, we've, we've, we've gone along and done a, done a few holidays as well. That's been pretty cool as well. We've really, really enjoyed that. It's nice to give that experience to your children as well, isn't it? Yeah, as well. It's, it's always nice, to, like say, for example, like Disney. We've worked with them a few times now and like how lucky are we? We get sent these huge Disney packs and the kids just think they think it's Christmas. You have to remind them. Just so you know, this is not normal. Like not children do not receive like these enormous media packs full of so much merchandise. You wouldn't even know what to do with. A lot of it actually gets sent passed on and, and we gift it away as, as, as well. But, um, yeah, that's that's always a treat when we can get the kids involved. And I was I was looking through your feed and it's a beautiful mm. balance of like aesthetically beautiful imagery and your children and your motherhood journey. So how do you strike the balance between mm. sponsored content and day-to-day? Yeah, you really need to find that balance because um, a lot of my followers follow me purely because of my, um, you know, my uh, uh, journey on the show and watching us on the show so they weren't following me because I was getting sent free vacuum so I've got to be really sort of mindful about all that sort of thing like they're following me because um you know they're invested in in my life and and my children's lives as well and for whatever reason perhaps inspiration for whatever it might be so I've just got to be really mindful of that but I also see um my social media as you know, it, it's essentially a secondary income for me while I'm not while I'm yeah. not working with Qantas at the moment. So I'm mindful of that, and um, I just try and strike that balance. Like I get offered, I, I think that that's the thing that probably a lot of people don't realize is the amount of stuff that I actually will turn down just purely mm-hmm. 
because I don't want it to seem like this stream of just free sponsored um, imagery. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I do actually turn down quite a lot of stuff as well. I've just got to I, I choose brands that I feel really resonate with me firstly mm-hmm. as a person and I try and keep that as authentic as possible. I will never, ever, ever put anything on my on my page that I don't love, um, that I don't endorse, that I don't stand behind. So, yeah, I've just it's, – it's definitely a bit of a seesaw. It's a balancing act. But, um, yeah, I just try and stay true to myself and true to my, my, follow, my following as well. Yeah, I agree. There's nothing worse than following someone who just constantly seems to be unboxing. Yeah. Look, I get people like to watch unboxing, which is cool. But for me, like, I, I would rather just try the stuff first and if I like it, then I'll I'll, I'll, pop, I'll pop it up on my story. Um, but yeah, I think you've just got to be really mindful of, of of what you're putting on your feet, and like whether or not it's on brand with you. Like, I I, I got um, sent a very interesting business yeah. offer through the week, and like great money, crazy money, but this is just not me. Like this is just, I, my, this is not why my followers follow me. Yeah. So as hard as it was to turn down that figure, especially in this climate, I was like, I just got to say no. Like I think people are going to take one look at this and go, ooh, like that's not Hannah. Why? And, and people will see straight through that. And that's when you lose work in the future as well because people will see through the sponsored content and stop engaging. Yeah, totally. And that's why you've got to say no, be really smart about sort of, what brands you choose to align yourself with because um, money is not everything at the end of the day. And and the, by saying yes to that job might be detrimental moving forward, as you said, down the track. So, and, and like a lot of the times too, like, like I've got a really great uh, manager that I'm working with now as well. And um, that's like even, even saying that I just sound like the biggest dick, like, oh yeah, my manager. But She's just been so amazing for me as well. Like yeah. she takes care of all that back-end stuff and lets me just be the creative type and she handles all the paperwork and the goes through all of the um, all the legals and basically says, okay, this is your brief. What's your thoughts on this? And we'll sort of float back and forth and she's really great too. Very, very lucky that, um, yeah, we aligned forces uh, late yeah. last year. She's been really, really great. Who would have thought at the dawn of social media that people would actually have social media managers? I know. It's crazy. I remember. It's so funny. Even the fact that people want to pay you to wear. I remember like we just finished up on the the block and we had a really short break between filming and it going to air. I think there was only like maybe two weeks. A lot of series or months of, of, um, of production. So we had only a few weeks between build and then fil- uh, and then on TV. And I had this really, it was Uniglow actually. And she, I got an email from them saying, hi guys, just wondering what your rates are per post. I was like, what? My rate? I honestly, I, I know that sounds so naive, but I honestly hadn't even thought or put any of that into it. Like this is going back, you know, three years ago now. I think Instagram has come a long way in terms um of the business side of things and I just remember thinking people actually and then I I text Elise and I was like babe I was like these people like they want to pay to for me to put up a post of Poppy and I in in some some of their gear 
like, what should I be charging? And she's she's given me this fee. And I was like, no, that's don't be stupid. That's crazy. She's like, she's like, oh, they'll pay it. They'll pay it. And sure enough, I went back and I and I and I presented a, a proposal. And they said yes. Yeah. And then that was it. But it will still be so clear in my mind reading that email and then wanting to know how much I charge per per post. I was like, this is crazy. This is so crazy. I always find it icky as well quoting for Instagram work or even if I'm talking to you know potential sponsors or something for she does this it's it feels awkward putting a price to yourself yeah it does it's so hard and I and I like I feel like you you can't undersell yourself that's for sure but you also need to be really humble about it as well and 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 that's the other great thing about management too. You know, they've got a really good understanding of what is involved in a lot of these proposals. So you might sort of skim through it and go, oh, yeah, I'll charge that. And then you find you've done so much work for this brand and um, you've sacrificed like days and days of work and content creation and going back and forth with proposals. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely been one of the biggest benefits of um, teaming up with Amy. She handles all that now. I had an email from a beauty company this week about um, mm. becoming an ambassador for their for their brand, and they wanted mm. all of this social media content for a sheet mask, like a face mask. And I was like, <laughs> I know it's crazy. I was like, I don't think you realize how much work goes yeah. into it just for a face mask. Like what? Yeah, like that's so much. And, and like, yeah, we're obviously getting product. That's great. But like we're talking, there is so much going on in the in behind the scenes in getting those getting those posts up. So let, let me tell you that right now. And um, like, good on them. Like, obviously, and, yeah. and like that that has happened a lot of times for me too. Like, they've they've said, you know, love to work together. I'm like, great. And you know, do I if I love that brand and I feel like I could definitely work with this company? Like, that's the first thing I'll yeah. say. You know, have you got a cash budget? Like, how are we working yeah. here? You know, this is taking time away from my family and um, I'm investing a lot of my time into this. So I think you've got to be upfront and you've got to really back yourself as well. And, um, yeah, just give, just know that just, yeah, we, we've all, we, we, as I think as women we all sort of, um, I don't know, we sort of undersell ourselves. So we've got to be really mindful of that and, yeah, really sell, be, be careful not to sell yourself short, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So you share a lot of, of your children and beautiful imagery of, mm. of your three little babes. Mm-hmm. What is off limits for you in terms of what you will and won't share? I know there's lots of influencers out there who it feels like you're literally watching their lives unfold. Mm. And then there's people who are yeah. super private and just share little snippets. So where do you fit in on that spectrum? Um, look, so I've got three three kids, and you'll probably see that there's one common denominator on my page. It's Archie. The other two, my, my son, my ten year, he's almost ten, and he 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 chooses not to be on on my feed. And if I'm taking something, I'll, I'll always ask him, and I'll say, "Hey, do you mind? Do or do you know? I've got to say, like, you foods want to work with us. Do you want to?" do some filming on the weekend he's like nah and I'm like okay cool we won't do it so I definitely never pressure him into doing anything yeah I am just really mindful of just sort of living in the moment as well like not everyone needs to sort of see my kid 30 centimeters away from my phone all day every day and 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 I, I I myself as well I just find myself 
seeing those sorts of stories and just being oh God, swipe can't do it like I don't like I'm not I'm not having a go at, at the mums that do choose to really sort of overshare that's you know mm. go for it and they've obviously got people that are really I don't know they they really enjoy that part of, of the, the, you know that's the reason why they're following that person but mm. yeah personally for me I think you've just got to um like I like to share the funny moments um I certainly keep it real but in terms of things that I'm going through privately with my family I'll never share that yeah I'm very open and honest with a lot of my followers as well but I also yeah. don't open myself up too much to the point where I, I make myself too vulnerable because I feel like yeah there's a lot that goes on privately in our lives mm-hmm. and I choose to keep that private so I don't know like I, I I don't know I feel like if, if I'm in if I'm in the moment and I and we're doing something that's really fun and exciting and I feel like people would really benefit from that and it mm-hmm. might make someone happy or it might bring someone joy then I'll share that but um yeah I don't know yeah. it's hard like but, the, but then I, I, I go through these phases where I, I won't share anything for like a couple of weeks and I'll sort of just drop off the radar a bit yeah. and then I think, oh, but, and, then, and then I'll sort of like bang, 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 bang over mm-hmm. the weekend and then I'll sort of just retreat again. But that's not that's yeah. just, that's not by choice. That's just, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I guess in, in the moment, what, whatever's going on in our lives, whether or not I feel like it's worth sharing, I will. If it's not, then I'll just keep it. Myself, and we always think our babies are so beautiful, and oh my god, we've got to film this and film that. I sometimes like check myself. I'm like, does anybody really need to see you doing this? Like, or are you just being an obsessed mom? (laughs) Most of the time, it's funny. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, I'll have something up on my story, and then I'll go, Nah, no one needs to see that, and I'll just like put my phone away. I'm like, I'll keep it, or I'll save it, and I'll keep that one for me, and I'll go back through that another time. And it's so nice to just have moments that are just your own and no one else's. Yeah, I think just keep 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 some of it tucked away for yourself. You don't need to share it with everyone. I, I as I said, I just like I share the things that I think people will um find funny and, and will bring someone joy. I love to cook. Um isolation has really brought out the cook in me. Oh me too. Oh, it's not a it's not a good thing, let me tell you right now. But anyway, um my my children and my husband are absolutely loving it, but yeah, my, my ass not so much, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, so I, I share a lot of cooking because I don't. I feel like um, just quick and easy things that things that you're like, oh, I'm a bit hungry. What do I feel like? And then you and then you know you're going through someone's stories and you're like, oh, I've got all that in the pantry. I'll do that right now. Yeah. So little things like that yeah. that I feel like I myself go, oh, okay, yeah, cool, I got that. I'll, I'll whip that up right now. Yeah. And I think it's about being relatable as well on Instagram. I was talking just before um, for another episode with Emma Hawkins and she was talking about how she doesn't want to have this whole image of that she does everything perfectly and it's, you know, that she does have help and all that sort of stuff and not creating this this glistening feed of, you know, perfection. Yeah, like motherhood is, it's not, it's not always pretty. Like it's got, it's, it has its like deep, dark, ugly moments as well. Those are the moments that I personally just choose not to share. Um, that's the stuff that I keep really, really private. Like if I'm sort of struggling emotionally, um, I'll reach out to my family or my friends. If I'm having a really bad day mentally, then I wouldn't put that on social media. That's just a personal private choice of mine. But, yeah, I can totally see where she's coming from. You've got to – I actually follow Emma. I think she's hilarious. I feel like I can definitely relate to her on many, many levels. So, yeah, but you've, it's it's definitely it's not perfect, and 
you know, like I feel like we are all sort of guilty of kind of putting up a bit of a facade on our on our social media account. But yeah, life is real life as well. So we've 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 also got to make sure yeah. that we keep it real. And you know, no one wants to see an overly filtered selfie all day, every day, touched up all over their feed. So I think you've got to keep it real on that aspect as well. Want more? Visit shedoesthis.com for celebrity interviews, lifestyle content and business tips from female industry leaders. She Does This is the destination for your daily dose of inspiration. So what was the transition like for you as a mother going from two to three children? Ah, yeah, crazy. So, (laughs) um... So we had we had Finn. I was um, twenty four when I had Finn, so quite young, and um, we had Poppy pretty soon after. There's only um, a little little less than two years between them both. So we um, we had we had children, I guess, considerably young. Um, but there was this little part of me that always pined for just one more baby. I just felt like in my heart of hearts I wasn't done. And Clint knew and Clint knew that as well and we'd sort of we'd we'd spoken about it on numerous occasions and um you know life went on and and, and then of course the block happened and then you know that took up a good a good 12 months of our life and yeah I don't know I just we we spoke about it one night and I and we were walking our daughter through the gates of her first day of prep and I remember just like leaving her there and thinking oh so this is what it's like like your last baby goes to school and I just remember feeling so overwhelmed with sadness like obviously I'm so happy that she's at school and she's on to that next phase of her life and my other son was also in school but it was like oh and it really kind of I don't know it really dug up all of those deep-seated emotions of me really wanting that third child yeah we were just we were lucky we were really really lucky we we fell pretty quickly actually and it was harder with that big age gap I really found it I struggled a lot I think because you know with Finn and Poppy um it was like bang bang um and they'd gone on and we'd gone through all of those nappies and all those you know the, the breastfeeding and the solids and the everything everything that comes part and parcel in those early years of motherhood we'd we'd um we're almost on the other end of it like they you know they're both at school and they quite sufficient they can feed themselves and bath and shower and entertain and read and all, all of that and we'd kind of got accustomed to that life of just like the four of us and then insert Archie where it's like you're going back to that newborn phase again and the mum guilt was crazy because I felt like I was I had I had to dedicate so much of my time to Archie that the other two weren't getting the time that they would otherwise be used to so the mum guilt was crazy crazy for me and yeah just kind of wrapping my head around being a like a a mum to a a newborn again Um, you know any mum that's will relate like that's just really you know those first six 12 weeks are just crazy so I think but I think probably once we hit around like the four month mark and we were in a little bit of a routine and breastfeeding we'd had that down pat 
and he was starting to smile and interact. Then it got easier, but I will say those first sort of three months were really, really hard of just trying to, yeah, go back to square one with two other like kids who are still like children and and, and they still needed my time and my attention and and my love and I felt like I just wasn't able to give that to them. You know, we're good now and Archie has just brought so much love and life and joy to this house. Like I can't even tell you, we are so obsessed with this kid. It's not even funny. It's like we just all sit there all day and and we call him Boss Baby because he is just like the boss. He's like he even looks like this. He's got this big head, this blonde hair, his big eyes. And he is the boss. He's like the boss of the house. He just runs runs show and, and, and no one bats an eyelid. It's like he's like, Matt, I've dropped my spoon. Everyone rushes and picks up his spoon and, you know, like he's in his cot in the morning or after his nap and he wakes up crying and like Finn and Poppy, everyone's fighting over getting him out of the cot. And, um, yeah, he, he's just been like, he's just been the best. I've just absolutely loved. Um, I, I heard Clint the other day say it's, it's like a coat of fresh paint. And I was like, eh, not the analogy I personally would use, but I think, I think as a bloke, yeah, I get it. Like it is, it's like a coat of fresh paint. Like he's just, um, but he's just, I can't even tell you like how it's like unhealthy, how obsessed we are with Archie. It's crazy. We just, we just love this little boy and he's so freaking cute too. I mean, like, how can you not? It must be so beautiful watching your eldest two just dote on this little boy. Oh, it actually brings tears to my eyes sometimes when I watch that interaction because I think I just get so much fulfillment knowing that I created this and that love that mm. they share will go on forever. Like it's not just in the moment now. Like it's not just these cute little yeah. moments at home. Like Archie is always going to have this big bro and big sis just looking out and doting um, after him and looking after him. And, yeah, and I'm just so proud of how, like, the, yeah, like the kids, the older kids, I mean, how, how good they are with him. Like the last few mornings, because um, yeah. we're actually upstairs and all the kids are downstairs, um, I hear Archie wake up at about 6 yeah. and Finn will actually go in get him out of the cot, heat up his bottle and we'll sort of lay him for like another 10 or 15 minutes and and he just he, and they just sit there and he just puts on the, the TV for him and they just sit there and have a cuddle on the couch and I just think, oh, yes, that is a mum win. So, yeah, we're, um, I know, that's pretty special. And go you for bringing up such a beautiful big brother. Oh, that's beautiful. He's such a good brother and, and they both are. He, but... And it, it's so funny because Poppy is, like, really overzealous with him and she's just like, oh, I just want to squeeze you. I just want to love you. And and she's, like, really, really sort of – and I'm like, Pops, just chill. Give me a bit – like, let, let let the child breathe. Whereas Finn's so gentle with him and, and, he, and he's picked his favourite because of that reason. Like, he will gravitate towards Finn every time. Like, Finn and uh, Poppy and Archie have their moments, but – yeah, it's definitely those two boys that just love each other. It's very, very sweet. So um, Finn has actually gone to the Yu Yangs today with one of his um, one of, one of the families that we know. They've gone out for the day, and I know that when he walks through that door this afternoon, Archie will just hinny hinny hinny. He'll he'll go chasing straight after him, and yeah, it will be reciprocated as well. They they're very very cute together. So do you feel complete now with the family unit? 
It's so funny. Oh, my God. I don't know what this ISO business is, but I am so damn clucky. It's crazy. I know. It's so bad. My poor husband, he's just like, get away from me. Get away. And, and he's, he's booked in to get the schnip. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, babe, it's not essential. You can't get it done. Maybe this is like divine intervention. And anyway, it, we're not having another one. It's just me in my in my head, just like mentally never being done. But I have to accept the fact that we're definitely done. And um, you know, I wouldn't say the challenges, but what comes with having a fourth child is sort of out of our realms of comfortability at the moment like we've got it pretty good now Archie's really sort of slotted into this family perfectly and um we we can still get by in our five-seater car and our you know and and out the house that we're living in now as well um yeah having another baby is just like a, a fourth child would be like a whole new ball game for us and you know and it's and I sort of been joking with Clint all throughout as I said through ice, I'm like, come on, babe, just one, just one. And he's just like, babe, I just want my wife back. Like, like we, we're, we're good how we are. Like just accept that, um, you know, mentally you're probably never going to be done, but like, just look at what we've got. And he sort of put it in perspective the other morning. And then I was like, okay, we're done. You're right. But yeah, look, I'd have like 10, thousand kids I just love being I love being a mom I love I just love it just brings me so much joy and it's like the greatest gift um that I'll ever receive is being a mom so yeah I would go on and on and on but yeah it it's not really the smartest thing to do is it really we're trying to work out if we get when we're going to have our second it's I think you can't work it out. I think you've just got to do it. Yeah. I think trying to work it out is where it gets tricky. And, and that's when and that's when you sort of put too much. I think you just go like, that's just, 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 I mean, obviously you can't always just do it, but if you're talking, but if you're talking about whether or not you should, then you should, you know, if you haven't decided, if you've decided that you, you know, you, you don't know if you're done, then that usually means that, yeah, no, nah, you're not done. <laughs> Give it another Give it another crack if you can. I'm going to go. Yes, you can. We've got to have another one. Hannah told me. Yeah. Hannah said, if, if we haven't decided, if we're still, yeah. we're still indecisive, that's, that's what that means. Because that's what we were talking about. We were saying, like, would would we happily throw out the bassinet? Would we throw out all that stuff? And we're both like, no, we wouldn't. Yeah, see? Yeah, no. Well, we, we, it was so funny. We threw out all that. We got rid of it. We, we were, like, back to square one. We had nothing. I, I'd held on to stuff for years, and then when we moved – so we were, mm-hmm. I'm a Townsville girl. I'd been there my whole life and we moved down here in 2017. Yeah. So we, you know, we had accumulated quite a lot of stuff. And um, when we were doing the move and we had all the baby gear sort of packed away, Clint's like, what yeah. are you doing with this? And I was like, no, just, just it's, it's gone. Get rid of it. It's done. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we literally started from scratch. We got it. We got a new pram, new bassinet, clothes, you name it. And I bet so much would have changed in those, you know, 10 years or whatever in terms of like what you need to buy. Because, I mean, I know how I felt as a first-time mom. You get this list of everything you need to buy and it's so overwhelming. Yeah, and I feel like that's well, like, that's where, you know, one of my best friends just had a baby 12 weeks ago and she's she already has two other children and she's like, I'm I've struggled more with this baby than the others and I said there's just too much information out there now 
like 10 years ago when we were having our our kids there was you know there was no social there's no instagram or maybe there was i but it just wasn't it, it certainly wasn't what it is now and yeah. it, um you know it was maybe just to share a couple of photos cuz your your grandma and your and your uncle and your auntie wanted to have a look at your your cute kids but now yeah. it's to, it's a totally different thing but and i just said to her like you've just it's so hard there's so much information and there's so many like too many resources i think and too many forums and you know she's like yeah but you know like she's she's struggling through breastfeeding and all and all that and she's like she's only gained this much weight whereas this person had the same baby other time and they've gained that much weight and I'm like yeah but you you make little babies like that's 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 what you do you make little like look at the other the other two like they're just tiny and they're petite um but yeah unfortunately there's just so much information and I think that's also why I also those first few months with Archie as well like I just found the whole breastfeeding thing such a like, excuse my French. Like, can I? Can I? Yeah. Like, it was such yeah. a headlock. And I was like, yeah. I never struggled with the other two. Like, it was just like cool. We were we were great guns. But there was and now there, there was there's like lactation cookies. And I'm like, was this the thing? Like ten years ago, I can't remember. Maybe it was. I don't know. But um, yeah, it was just it's just too much out there. It's it's you can see why it really kind of gets your head spinning that's for sure yeah it's a minefield I was just talking to my mum before who's looking after my eight-month-old as we speak and it was only a few weeks ago that I just thought I can't read any more schedules any more routines it was just killing me trying to abide by all these rules that you're meant to do with your baby like I enjoy her so much now that I'm not trying to you know stick to this routine yeah oh my god the routines yeah I know right and like yeah I I was the same too like I was like I've got to get him in a routine like it says by this stage he should be sleeping you know this amount of time and don't feed your baby to sleep don't rock your baby to sleep don't co-sleep like all this stuff and I was like that's how that's the only way I got by like I you know I co-slept all of our kids have slept with us until you know probably about 12 months and even now like we get most nights we get the odd visitor so everything that I was told not to be doing is what I was doing like with the previous place. I was like, oh, okay, so maybe all this time I have been doing it wrong. But I'm like, how do you get a breastfed baby to sleep if you're not feeding it to sleep? Like that's just so foreign to me. I'm like, like, I just, I don't know. It was just so, yeah, as you said, like it's good that there are resources out there, but um, don't read, don't compare, God, whatever you do, don't compare your baby to another baby that's the same age that it will be your undoing big time that will yeah. really really stuff with your head I feel like we need a whole other episode to discuss this um so what are your goals for the rest of the year god my first goal as soon as I can is getting on a plane going up to Townsville seeing my two baby my my baby nephew who was born 12 weeks ago I haven't seen and I'm his godmother it's a, their first baby I'm just killing me inside I can't believe so it would be giving my little my little nephew Vinny um a cuddle and my uh, my youngest brother just had their third baby she's also um gosh she'd be 11 weeks old um and Maggie giving her a big kiss and a cuddle um and my best friend also just had a baby so all of my basically my dearest and nearest people in my life I've all had babies and I can't go up there and see them um but just importantly just seeing my mum and dad it's been so hard for us being apart and it you know even though we live interstate 
um, one of the very fortunately for us, we we utilize that staff travel a lot. And if it's not my mum coming down here, then I'm normally going up there with the kids. So this is probably the longest we've been apart in a long, long time. And um, I'm looking forward to just getting up there for a few weeks over the July holidays. Um, You know, Clint and I potentially would love to get back into the property market. It's a really great buying market at the moment. But that's hard as well. That also relies on what's going on work-wise for me. So we'll have to assess that at a, you know, at a later date. But if we can get somehow get a get back into the property market, that would be great. Um, gosh, I'd really love to take a bloody holiday out of Melbourne, somewhere hot and warm and tropical. Um, but, yeah, look, and, but I think the other thing is also post-ISO, it's really put a lot in, into perspective for us. Like, as I said, it's we've really sort of just adapted like a really slow, you know, I know this is big buzzword, slow living, but I totally get it and I see why people gravitate towards it. It's just so nice to just not have commitments and enjoy being a family and enjoy weekends as a family, not rushing off to do all these other things that we've got planned. I think Clint's, he's really sort of had a, a switch um, on, on that, in that whole work life balance for him as well. I think he sees how much the kids benefit from having him around. Um, so I think that'll, that'll definitely, you know, there's a lot of things that we've sort of really adapted in isolation that will now carry on, um, moving forward. So yeah, just in basically just seeing family for us. Yeah. Well, finally, we're doing a series called Plug It. So what would you like to plug and where can people check you out? Yeah, so we've got a couple of um, pages actually. We've got Hannah and Clint and that's where we showcase a lot of our design work, specifically Artist Lane. You'll get to see some of the really beautiful artists that we um, have teamed up with over the past few years. Keep an eye out because we've got some really exciting news coming up. Uh, collection 3.0 is is in the works at the moment. So keep you, uh, your eyes peeled for that. And, um, yeah, look, I've always got some really fun, lighthearted stuff going on over on my other personal page, Hannah Amos, just sort of having the joys and the trials and the tribulations of motherhood, um, trying to keep it real but also – yeah, having a little bit of fun along the way as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I feel like we've covered so much. Um, I know. You'll, you'll realise I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, that's, some, that's definitely something that I have no trouble with. Is, um, having a chat. Speaking, having a chat. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk underwater. Yeah, I love, love a good chat. It's like, oh, my God, adult interaction. Yes, I know. Oh, my gosh, I know. Right, thank you so much, Hannah. Have a wonderful evening with your family and um, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jordy. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'll be back next week with another episode of the She Does This podcast. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search She Does This. Give us a follow and keep up to date with the latest from the site. Have a wonderful week. Mm-hmm.